Legion of Horrors made his way to the top of the macabre ladder, and is moving up fast. The quality of Indonesian horror is by no means new, where the genre offerings have been coming out of the country for decades. For instance, 1971's Betternak Dalam Kuber, Birth in the Grave, focused on the struggle between two sisters, one good and the other evil. Also, in 1981, they had the movie Liak, Mystics and Bali, told of American woman introduced to black magic by a Balinese witch. It terrified with its most central image of flying, faint head with shit hanging on the back of the neck. <laughs> a mythological figure known as Liak. You get the idea. Hello, all you mad neighbors and sons of bitches out there in podcast land on YouTube, my fellow horror lovers and maniacs of the madness. It is I, uh, your humble host. The Horror Hound, in this most disgusting episode, I'm going to be talking about the movie The Queen of Black Magic, released in 2019, and is now streaming on my favorite channel, Shudder. So you have to ask yourself, why is Indonesian horror so good? I believe that we are starting to embrace the thriving world of international horror, especially on Shudder, where Indonesian horror has become the flagship and a potential gateway for those seeking the superior subtitled scares. This film is a subtle remake of the 1981 film with the same name as Anwar is a natural choice for screenwriting given his success with adapting another Indonesian horror classic Satan Slaves like his previous retelling. This movie is less of a remake and more of a reimagining using the basic premise. While the original has the titular queen as an anti-hero protagonist this new version focuses on instead of her victims. So this movie takes place in an orphanage in rural Indonesia where all these adults, once orphans, come back because the housemaster, Mr. Bandy, is on his deathbed. However, their happy reunion is soured by a series of sinister happenings that only get worse as the orphanage's dark secrets come to life. The unsettling mood and creeping pace of the Indonesian horror movie takes some getting used to. And you'll get used to it, trust me. <laughs> the movie's whodunit style is thankfully convincing enough to keep things moving along, and the mysterious disappearance of the young Murdy and guardian caretaker Miss, Mrs. Mira from settling into a dreadful groove. Don't get me wrong, there is more to like about this movie than there is to sniff at. Maybe it's the wrong kind of description, didn't I? <laughs> Sorry. Scripted by Yoko Edwar and directed by Kimo Stembel, this remake has enough meticulously recreated period and location specific details to make it better than average resemblance, especially during its table setting opening scenes. Yes, Anwar wastes no time introducing us to an extended surrogate family of characters focusing mostly on three estranged and now grown up orphans. There are some other protagonists, like the three men's spouses and children, as well as the orphanage caretaker and his wife, CT, but they're usually of secondary importance. They're kind of on the back burner of things. <laughs> it's like, you can wait, you'll come out later, don't worry. However, I wish there was more about Mamad and CT's sentimental relationship, especially when they wash the dishes after a huge group meal, exchange subtle smiles when he tells her, I married you because no one else would marry either of us. Now that's something to think about. So, that line characterizes the stuffy air of submission that hangs over the orphanage. Even so, which is predictably located 
two hours away from the nearest police station. Now, my question. Why would you choose a house that's two hours away from the nearest police station? Really? If somebody dies, you're fucked. I'm just saying, dude, because someone could die. Say someone breaks the house, kills someone, runs away. That dude's got a two-hour head start. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. I would have loved to know more about CT given that much of the, this movie is inevitably the sins of various fathers and how they burden their loved ones. That's pretty much a built-in limitation of Anwar's faithfully reproduced story since Maman and CT both keep watch over the location that represents a hastily buried past that no one is ready to exhume. But it's not just a more straightforward story. It makes this a very much enjoyable film. Sorry, I'm stuttering. The Queen of Black Magic is a masterless of mounting dread, with the situation becoming worse and worse for the characters until it builds into a climax that is literally hellish for all of them. It's like a nightmare for everybody. It just fucking sucks. I'm sorry. I felt bad for half these people. So all throughout, the so-called witch remains a near-unseen presence until the end. Casting an evil influence upon the characters and forcing them to be instruments of their own demise. Which I thought was pretty fucking clever in my opinion. While the premise is a terrifying one, it lacks the clear protagonist, um, ostensibly Hanif and his wife Nadja are the heroes of the story. But outside of the opening climax, the movie doesn't really focus on them. With the exception of Nadja making a key discovery that doesn't affect the plot much until the climax and the characterization come into light and can be boiled down to caring about their kids. Oddly, it is the side characters who feel more fleshed out, while Anton and Jeffrey, Jeffrey or Jeffrey? I can't remember. It's one of those two. Are blank slates. Their wives, Eva and Lena, respectively, are more vibrant. Eva is a hypochondriac, and Lena has issues with her own body. So, while not may not be the most original of depictions, but their fears are used against them in the most interesting ways. And when I say that, I'm going to emphasize on that, the most interesting ways. As well as, it's a damn shame that the male leads are so boring, <laughs> as it lessens the impact of the mystery of their childhood. The reason they are being attacked by the Queen is a very convincing reason, with the backstory as horrific as the current events happening around them. However, we never really get to see Hanif, Anton, and Jeffrey, Jeffrey, whatever the hell her name is, as children, nor are some of the connections between them and other characters are made clear. As such, it leaves the otherwise great mystery a bit muddled. So, and I might add, in horror films, the evil inflicted upon a character rarely happens without reason. So, rather, it is meted out by the movie's villain as some sort of retribution to past trauma. Granted, this retribution is often disproportionate to the original crime and is often enacted upon victims who, have done, who haven't done anything wrong. So, you have victims who are innocent and yet they still get fucked at the end. So, no matter how gruesome the events in the most scary movies follow a sense of perverse justice, it's hard not to be frustrated when so much of the movie revolves around violence that's initially upset because the impossible it's impossible to comprehend. The movie's computer graphics enhanced violence also puts a damper on the prevailing ickiness, but really, the main thing about this movie's scary scenes is that they're not extreme to the point 
or original enough to burrow deep into your subconscious. Thank God, right? Thank fucking God. So, damp spirits, goosed as they are by Hiro Ishizaka's evocative sound design, only linger in the mind for a few moments as they're on screen. And you got the little plot and twist of the ambience as well. I guess you got to add that in here. I suppose. God. Thankfully, that should be enough to keep you, most of you horror buffs, engaged and intrigued throughout this movie, even though it's being exclusively distributed by Shudder. One of the above points may seem unflattering, and they really are. Well, not really. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. It's how you take it, really. I don't know. Do what you will. A horror movie that can have flat characters and a mediocre plot can still be good, or even great, if it can deliver on the scares. While it does have its flaws, like any other damn horror movie does, The Queen of Black Magic more is more than makeup and for the making the audience scream and squirm all throughout its runtime. And trust me, there are some some scenes where you go, okay, where you're gonna go, what the fuck, you, what the, no, 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 uh-uh. Anyway, <laughs> with a name like The Queen of Black Magic, you don't expect a the movie. And fortuitously, this isn't one. I mean, skin is flayed, eyeballs are popped out, and people are vomiting bugs. It's fucking disgusting. And lips are stapled shut. And I mean lips are stable shut. This dude has no problem doing it, but yet, it happens. Just throwing that out there, and be prepared, okay? The director rarely points the camera away and say he forces us to watch the horrors unfold. Thanks, asshole. Really appreciate that. <laughs> he also doesn't spare the younger characters from awful fates, which makes this one of the few films where it feels like anyone could die. Either way... If this movie sounds interesting to you, you should probably go see it. Go watch it now. Only to decide for yourself what's worth remembering and what's best left underground. So, here are my closing thoughts. You're like, thank fucking God. I'm tired of you rambling your fucking jaw and just get to the point. <laughs> Actually, I don't think that at all. You guys are great. I, I love every single one of you out there. So, this is one of the very few Indonesian horror movies that are very good and not boring to watch. Um, the movie truly does move me in ways, and it does deliver quality horror, and not the cheap jump scare scenes. So, it makes you feel terrified, and disgust, screaming throughout most of the movie. Well, I didn't scream, but maybe you will, I don't know, if you're a screamer. Then <laughs> It may make you feel sorry for the other characters as well. I did, I mean, the poor kid, never mind, I can't spoil for you. The kid gets hurt, and I feel bad for him. So, that's all I'm going to say. More or less, there are a few questionable choices that various characters made in this movie that are going to make you say, why the fuck are they doing that? Are you stupid? Are you bananas? Are you out of your mind? Are you guano? Have you lost your shit? Have you gone marbles? You belong in an asylum? Yeah, you, you'll, you'll be there. But most movies have those moments. I won't hold against the movie, and I hope you don't. The characters were also rather too dynamic two-dimensional for the most part, excuse me, that's also not unique, um, especially when they're simply there to serve the plot of getting <coughs> whacked. You like that sound effect? Do it again. <coughs> B.O. Anyway, I'm still in amazement of the movie, of how good it is. Indonesia does quite a lot of horror movies, um, but they usually use cheap effects and shallow stories with cheap jump scares that makes the movie very predictable. Bland and boring. Boring. 
But this and very few others have gotten me to stay on my toes. Which I like. I like being on my toes. I like being on the edge of my seat. Not knowing what's going to happen. And me going, oh my god, what the fuck. Anyway. There were numerous moments where I was in horror, but also happy because how good the horror quality of those scare scenes are. You could say I'm proud of this movie, and as an Indonesian horror movie, that it should be the standard for all Indonesian horror movies to come. This movie is very convincing, original, professional, and is concrete proof that Indonesian and other international horror movies are going through a golden period right now, and that is something I did not expect. So... My creepies, that's all I have for now. I hope that each and every one of you get the opportunity to watch this movie on Shudder. It's definitely terrifying and is worth the watch. Thank you all for listening and watching and subscribing to my podcast, The South Jersey Horror. I am very grateful and appreciative, especially all those listeners across the Atlantic and the Pacific. You made this podcast unique. I mean, who would have thought that my podcast is being played in Estonia, Russia, Lithuania. I mean, for fuck's sake, dude. How's that translated? Somebody please email me and tell me how that is translated. I'm curious. It, it, I'm curious in a good way. <laughs> so, until next time, you magnificent sons of bitches out there. Ah, that's South Georgia Horror. Stay tuned for the next episode. And I will howl at you later. Take care. <laughs>